Ricky Ticky liked it immensely, and when it was finished, he went out into the veranda and sat in the sunshine and fluffed up his fur to make it dry to the roots. Then he felt better. There are more things to find out about in this house, he said to himself, than all my family could find out in all their lives. I shall certainly stay and find out. He spent all that day roaming over the house. He nearly drowned himself in the bathtubs, put his nose into the ink on a writing table, and burned it on the end of the big man's cigar, for he climbed up in the big man's lap to see how writing was done. At nightfall, he ran into Teddy's nursery to watch how kerosene lamps were lighted, and when Teddy went to bed, Ricky Ticky climbed up too. But he was a restless companion, because he had to get up and attend to every noise all through the night and find out what made it. Teddy's mother and father came in, the last thing, to look at their boy, and Ricky Ticky was awake on the pillow. I don't like that, said Teddy's mother. He may bite the child. He'll do no such thing, said the father. Teddy's safer with that little beast than if he had a bloodhound to watch him. If a snake came into the nursery now, but Teddy's mother wouldn't think of anything so awful. Early in the morning, Ricky Ticky came to early breakfast in the veranda riding on Teddy's shoulder, and they gave him banana and some boiled egg. He sat on all their laps one after the other, because every well-brought-up mongoose always hopes to be a house mongoose some day and have rooms to run about in. And Ricky Ticky's mother, she used to live in the general's house at Sigoli, had carefully told Ricky what to do if ever he came across white men. Then Ricky Ticky went out into the garden to see what was to be seen. It was a large garden, only half cultivated, with bushes as big as summer houses of Marshall Neal roses, lime and orange trees, clumps of bamboos, and thickets of high grass. Ricky Ticky licked his lips. This is a splendid hunting ground, he said, and his tail grew bottle brushy at the thought of it, and he scuttled up and down the garden, snuffing here and there, till he heard very sorrowful voices in a thorn bush. It was Darzi, the tailor bird, and his wife. They had made a beautiful nest by pulling two big leaves together and stitching them up the edges with fibres, and had filled the hollow with cotton and downy fluff. The nest swayed to and fro as they sat on the rim and cried. What is the matter? asked Ricky Ticky. We are very miserable, said Darzi. One of our babies fell out of the nest yesterday and Narg ate him. Hmm, said Ricky Ticky. That is very sad. But I'm a stranger here. Who is Narg? Darzi and his wife only cowered down in the nest without answering, for from the thick grass at the foot of the bush there came a low hiss, a horrid cold sound that made Ricky Ticky jump back two clear feet. Then inch by inch out of the grass rose up the head and spread hood of Narg, the big black cobra, and he was five feet long from tongue to tail. When he had lifted one third of himself clear of the ground, he stayed balancing to and fro exactly as a dandelion tuft balances in the wind, and he looked at Ricky Ticky with the wicked snake's eyes that never change their expression, whatever the snake may be thinking of. Who is Narg? said he. I am Narg. The great god Brahm put his mark upon all our people when the first cobra spread his hood to keep the sun off Brahm as he slept. Look and be afraid. 
He spread out his hood more than ever, and Ricky Ticky saw the spectacle mark on the back of it that looks exactly like the eye part of a hook and eye fastening. He was afraid for the minute, but it is impossible for a mongoose to stay frightened for any length of time. And though Ricky Ticky had never met a live cobra before, his mother had fed him on dead ones, and he knew that all a grown mongoose's business in life was to fight and eat snakes. Nag knew that too, and at the bottom of his cold heart, he was afraid. Well, said Ricky Ticky, and his tail began to fluff up again. Marks or no marks? Do you think it is right for you to eat fledglings out of a nest? Nag was thinking to himself and watching the least little movement in the grass behind Ricky Ticky. He knew that mongooses in the garden meant death sooner or later for him and his family, but he wanted to get Ricky Ticky off his guard. So he dropped his head a little and put it on one side. Let us talk, he said. You eat eggs.